We have been on a series on Wednesday nights uh, with, with the thought of overcoming the challenges of life built around the Ten Commandments, if you will. Let me just say before we start, I've always felt that the Ten Commandments were vitally important. I, I truly believe that. Perhaps that's the reason the devil's done everything he possibly can to get them out of the schools and out of our courts. And, and uh, boy, that's rocket scientist, isn't it? We, you know, it might be schools would be safer and the courts would be a safer place if we had them, but they, they moved. And I, I've often thought, why the battle for the Ten Commandments? Why make such an issue? And uh, I've always read them with importance. But in doing this study, I began to realize we as a nation are moving so far from what God's divine order of things and God's divine commandments, if you will. And we don't live under the law, but the Bible says uh, the... Law is a schoolmaster. It was our teacher. It teaches us what's right, what's wrong. And 25 years ago, I would, you would preach this and just pass over it. But today, this is truly monumental in our day. Exodus 20 and verse 13. It's four little words. Have you got to place? Well, I, three or four, though. It's page 95. You got Schofield King James Bible. If you ain't got King James Bible, drunk it will give you a Bible. Amen. 20 verse 13. Ready? Thou shalt not kill. Preacher, everybody knows that. Why? Um, that's self-explanatory. We, we don't need a message on that. that. That speaks for itself. And 25 years ago, it did. But today, that message, that truth, always one so necessary to preach. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Here tonight. Brother George Brown, you pray. Alexander Sanders Jr. was chief judge of South Carolina Court of Appeals. He had a daughter that was three years old, and he come home to find a crisis. Zoe's three-year-old turtle had died. And I mean, she was hysterically crying. He, uh, he, he told her, he said, well, they first tried to explain to her that they would go to a pet store and buy another turtle. Nothing doing. Zoe knew that life couldn't be transferred from one turtle to another turtle. 
even at three. Then finally, Mr. Sanders said, I'll tell you what, we'll have a funeral for the turtle. So he and they, they made a big to-do of it. They invited people who was going to have, it, it would be much like a, a, a party, if you will, for this turtle ice cream, cake, balloons, or friends. And um, finally, they, they got her, to, she quit crying. She started getting happy about it and excited. Then they looked down and behold, the turtle started to move. It wasn't dead after all. And in a matter of seconds, it was crawling around, and uh, Mr. Sanders didn't know what to do. About that time, Zoe appraised the situation imperfectly with all the innocence of a three-year-old looked up at her dad and said, Daddy, let's kill it. She had none decided. She wanted to party. Thou shalt not kill. Even today, as we were ready for a church, a man fired shots into a group of politicians just having a ball game. And we have come to realize almost daily, daily, the news reports somebody's shot here. And, and uh, it's, almost, it's almost got to be where it's, it's common news Someone's come into a, a theater or, or an establishment and just opened up and started shooting seemingly for no reason whatsoever. We have come to a time when that commandment, thou shalt not kill, has become very, very real. First of all, I see in this passage that the Lord said, I'm making an announcement that we need to accept. Thou shalt not kill. He doesn't make bones about it. He doesn't, does not, doesn't debate about it. He gives a straightforward commandment. I love this. Many times I hear people say, well, why do you use that uh, King James Bible? It's outdated. And, uh, and you can't understand it. And I love, and I say, well, thou shalt not. What, what you don't understand about that? And you say, but why? Why did God give that commandment? Why? And those ten, we, we looked at the first four being our God word. Then the second six are towards man or toward our dealings with each other. Why did that commandment become so important? Important to God. First of all, we are created in His image. In Genesis 1, 26, the Lord said this, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in His own Image in the image of God created him, male and female created he them. We are made in the image of God. In our bedroom, I, we have a, a pretty large 
photo. It was Darlene whenever we had some pictures made right after we were married and uh, much younger. And um, she is, uh, she said, uh, the pose is beautiful. And uh, uh, we have it in our bedroom. And to me, it is priceless because it really, it really captures her kindness, her beauty, and, and, that's, and that tr- I treasure that. If someone else down the road uh, found it in storage somewhere, they would look at it and they may throw it away. But to me, it's an image that I, that I appreciate, I enjoy. When God looks at mankind, you and me tonight, He looks at His image. He created us in His image. Not only did He create us in His image, but He said this, God made human life distinct. Oh, I know I'm probably going to get in trouble, but I, I just got to say it. God didn't make our animals on the same level as people. I love this. I don't know where you come by church. Maybe come by church here. Or we visited him maybe. And a man wanted us to pray for his dog. His dog was sick. Wanted us to pray for his dog. I've had people to pray. Want me to pray for their animals. I, some churches have literally had open door things where they pray for their animals. And I know you love your animals. I'm okay with you loving your animals. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to go on. I'm scared of dogs. I'm terrified of dogs. You don't want me to come to your house, buy a dog. I'll keep you away every time. I won't get out of the car. I, I just can't. I break out in sweat. I, I'm just, I'm just terrified of a dog. I mean, it may, I, I tell you, I walked, I walked in the middle of gangs and, uh, brother Ronnie got scared, but I went, I went Miller Gaines. And, uh, and, and shout with the gospel, but I am terrified of dogs. So, I have to be careful here. I told Matthew one time, the only good dog is one stuffed and on a stick. But, you love your dogs, and I, and I'm glad. But here's where we're, here's where we're the problem. We have come to a day in Romans chapter number one. The great sin of that people was this. They began to worship the creature over the creator. They started worshiping God's creation. Birds, cats, dogs, deer, fish. Uh, and they started worshiping the creature over the creator. And what happened is this. They literally move the animals above the image that God made, above people, above Almighty God. They elevated the animal kingdom from a place that it's to be to a higher plane. And that's wrong. The Bible says 
We are made in His image. Now, I'm, 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 I thought about this. I know I'm going to get in trouble. I, I, some folks love their animals more than they love their children. And you're wrong. You're wrong. I, I know I'm going to get in trouble here tonight. And no matter what I do, I'm going to get in trouble, but it'll be okay. You go home, take a half a baby aspirin, you'll get over it. You throw a, literally, you kill a dog, and I'm not saying you should. I'm not condoning you killing animals, okay? But if you kill a dog or a cat, it's a felony, and you're liable to poor time. Yet we're killing three babies per minute. How warped have we got it? Now, don't, don't leave your sin. But preacher, don't like my dog. No, don't like my cat. Don't like, I, I don't care if you like your animals. I want you to look at some. I understand. I went and visited a lady one time. I, it's the most amazing thing. She looked at that dog. She called it by name. She said, we're about to pray. So you pray. That dog put his hands on her, covered his eyes, and started whimpering like he's praying. I said, my God, if I, can you work on church members? Yeah. And then she got there. She said, it's time for you to go to bed. Don't you think it's time? That dog jumped, up, jumped on that couch, covered its head up, just like it was going to sleep. I, I never seen a dog. I, I, and I'm not saying, some of you don't mind that good, but that dog did. And it was, it was, it was precious to her, and that's good. What I want you to see tonight, don't miss the message. We have warped this thing of God's divine creation. God created man in His own image. God said, I'm going to be man and He's going to be like me. Then I'm going to create the, the world and all the animals in it for His good and purpose. So we find that man has so distorted God's creative hand. Bible says, Behold the fowls of the air, are they, they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feed them. Are you not much better than they? God doesn't hate animals. He loves animals. He feeds them every single day, 365 days a year. And what He's saying to you, He says, if I can feed them, don't you reckon I can take care of you? Don't you think I can provide what you need? And so tonight, we have so distorted that fact we're, we're literally putting people in prison for, for killing animals and then we're paying for them to kill human life. Somehow or another, that was warped. That's warped. Oh my. And there's a difference. Difference. Man has a soul. Animal has instincts. God created them that way. God created them that way. And uh, literally, now, so we find that people have, that's where it's come. God says, man is to have dominion over all creation. Now, the commandment is not this. Thou shalt not kill is not a blanket commandment against all killing. God's Word gives us some things that justify the taking of a life. 
Number one, capital punishment. Now, I'm not here to get political with you. I just believe the Bible. All right? Genesis 9, 6. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. God said if someone willfully takes the life of another, shedding that blood, then their life's to be taken. In war, Deuteronomy 13, 15, Thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of thy city with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly, and all that, that is therein, the cattle thereof, with the edge of the sword. First Samuel 15, 3, Go now and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and the donkeys. We find God said they could do. In defense of ourselves, for example, when a thief breaks in a home, the Bible says, if a thief, Exodus 22, if a thief be found breaking, in, breaking up and be smitten that he die, thou shalt no blood be shed for him. In other words, God said, if you take a life protecting your home, protecting your life, then no blood should be shed. Timothy McFay was an American terrorist. He was convicted and executed for the detonation of a fertilizer bomb in front of the federal building in Oklahoma City, April 19, 1995. The attack killed 168 people. Injured over 600. According to the United States, it was the deadliest act of terrorism within the United States prior to September the 11th. People everywhere may disagree about war and capital punishment, but the same God that commands us, thou shalt not kill, is the same God that instituted capital punishment and a means for us to defend ourselves. The authority for war does not rest in individuals, it rests in nations. I know a lot of folks are passive and, and say we should never go to war. Well, let me say this. We either fight them over there or we're going to fight them here. I, 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 I'm like, if I've got shoes, I'd rather fight them over there than us have to fight them in our own backyard. The announcement to accept. Then number two, the application to understand. In this commandment, we see God said, Thou shalt not kill. Romans 12, 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And the Garden of Gethsemane, they come to get Jesus. And boy, I love, I love old Peter. I mean, he, he, he wasn't big mouth and stuck his foot in his mouth, got in trouble more times than he could count. Uh, could count. But I love this. When that man come, boy, he, he whipped that sword out. He cut Michaelmas's ear off. Now, I don't believe he was aiming for his ear. I believe he was aiming for his head. And he just missed. And Lord reached down and put that thing back on the side of his head. And uh, he said, 
the cup which my father had given me, shall I not drink it? So, what are those things, biblically, that apply to murder or thou shalt not kill? Number one, abortion. An unborn child is created in the image of God. And here's the argument. Well, it's my body, and it's really not alive. I don't know, maybe April or Haley back here, I was talking, or one of them, I heard, I overheard something. If it's not life, watch that jumping them down onto a bladder. Does baby move? I mean, when when we had ours, and I can still remember the and being in bed, the baby kicking enough to wake me up, kicking kicking. I hear it feeling it move, and I'd say, "Go sleep." That is alive. And now listen to me. Let's just take plain old country thinking. Just, just plain old common sense. Forget about all the stupid stuff they're saying. Common sense. How can anything grow if it's not life? If it's not life at the moment of conception, please tell me, how can it get? If, if it's not life at the moment of conception, boy, we need to rush Haley and April to the doctor in a hurry. Cause they something, they're swelling. They've gotten big. And they're beautiful. I'm just, they are beautiful. But how can they get, possibly get, to nine months old if it's not life? I mean, just common sense. I mean, it borders on sheer stupidity to, to, to even suggest that life doesn't start at the moment of conception. And uh, it, it's amazing to me. Uh, and, and, that ba- and that child, at the moment of conception, is being made in the image of God. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, as far as God's concerned, that is an individual life. And no matter how you look at it, it can't defend itself. It can do nothing but grow. And when it's murdered, no matter what the reason, I'm going to tell you something. That's murder. I don't care how you slice it. Dang it. Psalms 139.13 For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. They say that everything that's going on now that child, these babies are about to be born. They 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 can cry. They can suck their thumb. 
Boy, I seen one day I was on a on an internet where a doctor was doing a procedure and a baby reached up and grabbed its finger, the doctor's finger, and they filmed it. I, I believe this. I believe these babies, when they get here, they if they you all have been here faithful nine months, they won't be alarmed at my voice. They they'll know the sound of my voice. They know the sound of dad. They know these things. We murder one million six hundred thousand babies are aborted every year per day in the United States of America. Four thousand three hundred and eighty-three per hour. One hundred and eighty-three per minute. Per minute, it's three babies killed. I remember hearing a preacher preach. And um, in his service, a nurse came up. And uh, she was crying almost uncontrollably. And they prayed with her and tried to get her consoled. And, and uh, they couldn't have finally, they got her helped and. She stood up. She said, "Can I give a word of testimony?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." He, he thought, well, "What's she? What's she going to say?" She said, "I'm a head nurse in a metropolitan hospital." And she said, "On Mondays, if a lady comes in, and no matter what the situation, if the baby's premature." We work and we do everything. We, we go to great extent to keep that child and mother alive. And we, I mean, incubated the whole nine yards. But she said, Preacher, on Wednesdays, a group of ladies come in and we take that baby out and it's put in a bag and it's thrown over in a trash can. And she said this. She said, well, I can't get over. What's haunting me is while we're working on the next lady, that baby's scratching in that trash bag to live. We can call it anything we want to. I'm not, I'm not political. I'm not, I'm not interested in political. Thou shalt not kill, and that's murder. No matter how you look at it. Then not only that. Now listen, I said this 20 years ago. Oh my God, I'm seeing it come to pass. And it scares me. The closer I get to here, it's scaring me even more. I said 20 years ago, when we start killing babies, wholesale killing babies with no regard, we're one step away from walking in a nurse home and saying, you, 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 don't, you, you don't provide nothing no more. You cost us too much, and we'll take you out. Now, let me, let me be careful about something. It's one thing. It's, it's one thing. It's a huge difference between taking, by, taking life or ending treatment. I told my family, and Darlene, I don't want you to keep me alive on, on a tube, stuck in there out of a tube. Bless God, I, I don't want to be kept alive that way. It's one thing to end treatment. But I'm talking about taking of life. 
And we are seeing more and more of this than you could ever imagine. Me and Ronnie have visited so many places, and, and I'm honest with you, just, we've witnessed it. Whenever anyone can tell you about the time somebody's going to die, then you can be sure and certain somebody's manipulating that thing. And we're almost close. Euthanasia is getting to be more and more and more and more. Doctors are saying, listen, grandma and grandpa, and then here's the argument. Here's the argument. When I was, when we was a little boy, if a dog, I, we, we had dogs, we always had dogs. It's amazing, I'm scared of dogs, but we always had dogs. And they'd get hit by a car or something, and they were really hurting and really, that's a youngest going to the house, and uh, I, I'm going to have to put this animal out of its misery. He would do that and, and, uh, and bury it. That's what he would do. We've taken that same philosophy, and we said, you know, we need to put grandma and grandpa out of their misery. Tell you that same philosophy. Only problem is, grandma and grandpa ain't dogs. We use that same same philosophy. So we're we're we're, we're quickly, and trust me when I say, if if families don't are are very aware of that, and that's happening, that's happening. Just as abortion is happening, euthanasia is happening. And last of all. There's an attitude to avoid. I've talked about physical murder. Thou shalt not kill physical murder. But you know, there's another murder. And maybe we've been guilty of committing murder. You say, Preacher, I've never murdered nobody. Have you not? Maybe you have. And you didn't know it. Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said of them of old time, Thou shalt not kill. Now listen to what the Lord said. But whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. For whosoever shall say to his brother Raka, Means it's worth a contempt, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of the hellfire. God said, If you've got an abusive attitude and anger, and you're angry with your brother without cause, then you can, mur- you can kill his reputation and the influence in life. God's saying, They said, Of old, thou shalt not kill. He says, you're harboring this kind of stuff. I, I, I liken it much to Cain and Abel. Abel physically, I mean, Cain physically killed Abel, but murder was in his heart before he got there. He was in his heart to kill him before he ever got there. The Bible said, rock means a term of contempt. Boy, three myths about anger. Being in my anger is healthy. I love this. A lady once came to Billy's son and tried to rationalize her angry outburst. And there's nothing wrong with me losing my temper. She said, I'll blow up and then it's all over. 
Billy's son said, so does a shotgun. And look at the damage it leaves behind. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Amen. Aggressive behavior gets rid of anger. Lie. Lie. It does not. It actually accelerates it. Third, anger has no effect on my health. It'll kill you. Repressed anger is dangerous no matter what. Bible says, 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Ephesians 4, 26, Be ye angry and sin not, let, the, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. So we realize there is an a attitude to avoid abusive attitude. Then number two, a hateful attitude. First biblical murder was... Genesis 4, and Cain become jealous and angry at Abel. 1 John 3, 15. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Wow. I, I, wow. That literally, if you're saved, born again, washed in the blood... You're my brother in Christ. My sister in Christ. Amen. Y'all understand that? God said, I'm angry with my brother. I'm a murderer. Wow. Boy, that just cuts the props out of everything, don't it? I mean... I looked at that verse, I read it, I looked at it again, and I read it, and I looked at it again, because in days gone by, I've gotten mad at the brethren, and angry. That's not what he says, though, he says this, whosoever hateth, that word hateth has to, has to, a meaning of, I'm determined I'm not going to turn it loose. It means perpetual anger and hatred towards someone. And the Bible says, I'm not going to turn it loose. Done me wrong. And I'm going to, I'm going to hold on for the rest of my life. God says, you are a murderer. Then when he says, son, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abideth in him. God said, boy, if you want to check, see if you're saved. Because if you can hang on to unforgiveness and anger and hatred, well, you're to check your heart out. You may just not be saved. That's what he says. The one who says, Thou shalt not kill, laid down his life for us. God committed his love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So tonight, when we think about, Thou shalt not kill, it's a... It's a powerful verse, and, and we understand, we understand, thou shalt not kill. And when we understand our world, do you, do you recognize this? Do you recognize we are living in a day when life is not considered valuable at all? We have, we have just, we have literally just about destroyed the value, the preciousness, 
the, 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 the position that God gave life. God rolled up a man, stood him up, and God Almighty breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a living soul. And I believe Satan is doing all that he can to undo that. Life is what it is because God has given it to us. And that's the reason why everyone here, if you're saved, if you're born again, if you're washed in the blood, you know Christ as your Savior. That's the reason we ought to serve Him, love Him. That's the reason He's worthy of, of, of all things because He gave us the gift of life. And then we ought to hold it precious. May I say something else? We ought not waste it. May not waste it. May God but one live. And may we not waste it. May we not waste it. Living for a world that's going to burn up one day. May we not waste it. But may we use it for the glory of God. That's life. But then, oh, he comes to Matthew and says, I got a message for you. He says, we can do the same. And may we not be guilty. May we be cautious. May we truly be cautious in not healing, not physically, but with our mouth and tongue, killing someone's reputations, killing someone's influence in their life. May we be careful not to, not to heal that because God may want to use that for His glory and His good. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, never eye closed.